listeners. Today on Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs podcast, I have a pleasure to interview Amanda Cottrell. Amanda is a teacher, international author, artist and entrepreneur. Today Amanda is sharing her amazing story of becoming an international author. Amanda has now published seven books on Amazon, but her journey hasn't been an easy one. After a bitter divorce, she had to face her demons and find courage to fight anxiety while pursuing her passion for educating children through creativity. So let's welcome Amanda and listen to her amazing story. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, good. Um, Amanda, um, could you tell me, how did you become a writer? Well, I, um, I'm a teacher and I teach grade three and I, um, I was going through a really rough divorce and I went to a retreat and I had always wanted to write children's books. And after one of the meditations at the retreats, I had this idea to write this book called It's Okay to Feel. And I wrote basically the whole book in like the 20 minutes after um, the meditation and I just had it in a journal and I kept like drawing I'm an artist too so I kept drawing the pictures slowly and the first book took me like four years to finally complete and my original plan was to just um make the book with my mac and have it in my classroom and there would only be one copy <laughs> yeah. and I would just use it in my classroom and then the universe had different plans for me because as I was writing the book um people that I know tagged me in posts on Facebook um, one of them tagged me in a post on somebody looking for an illustrator. So I ended up illustrating a book that, that actually was my very first book was a book that I illustrated for a lady called Blues Mountain Christmas. Um, and then shortly after I met another lady who, um, she was a kindergarten teacher and she had started writing books and she lived really close to me and she was, t- um, doing a presentation at teachers convention. So I went to her presentation and I started following her on Instagram and she's like best friends with my mom's, um, like best friend's daughter. It's so like crazy. (laughs) And so she, I went to some courses with her and she taught me how to, um, publish on Amazon and self-publish on Amazon. So this book that I had originally planned just to have one copy and use in my classroom to help kids with their emotions and with talking about emotions with kids, because that's something that teaching for 14 years now, that's something that's not really taught in schools is how to regulate emotions, how to deal with emotions, and even to talk about like, it's okay to be mad. We just need to find a way to deal with your anger. So what could we do like, oh, I'm really mad right now. Instead of punching your friend, what could you do instead? And and just talk about that. And it's so interesting when you talk with kids. Sometimes you you have no clue what's going on in their minds or what emotions they really strongly feel. And last year when I when I read the book to um, my students, the jealousy one really came up. We had this huge conversation about jealousy and when they feel jealous. And it was at birthday parties because they're jealous, they're friends. Like they're like, it's such a confusing feeling because I'm happy for my friends, but I'm also really jealous for them. 
because jealous because I want those toys and they're getting all the toys and and then I feel bad because I feel jealous and it was this really like authentic engaging conversation with the kids that came out of the book where that's that's an emotion that I didn't necessarily think would spark such a huge conversation yeah, so yeah. parents they're trying to compete and they they're trying to overbeat each other you know in terms of throwing yes. stones and all that and yeah they just don't understand what impact this has on kids yeah absolutely and two recognizing that sometimes you can feel two emotions at the same time like I'm happy for my friend and I'm excited for them but I'm also feeling jealous at the same time because I think that toy is pretty cool or I think whatever it is that they're jealous about so that was one that I found like was one of the most thought provoking conversations I've had with the students since I published the book. Yeah. Do you read your books to your, to your daughter? Does she yes. <laughs> yeah, she does actually. She's proud that mommy is right. <laughs> <laughs> my massage and Reiki therapist, I gave him um, one of my books. Well, actually he has most of them, but um, he, he um, is a Reiki therapist as well. And his daughter is five. And one of my books I co-authored with another teacher and it's called I am a rainbow, a children's guide to the chakras. And he sent me like all of these pictures the other day of her do like reading the book and doing the yoga poses that are aligned with each chakra and the mudras that are aligned with each chakra. And it was the sweetest thing ever because she's not even in school yet. She's four and he's like, it's her favorite book. And he sent me all the pictures of her doing all of it. It was just like, it melted my heart. So because my, my son is four and I've just said, look, you have to be quiet because I'm talking to a lady. Who <laughs> my books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Books, darling. So I showed you books to him. He was really impressed that mommy used to write. Oh, that's awesome! Like, he's just really yeah, four in May. So yeah, he's um, yeah. I'm trying to discuss this um, subject of uh, you know resilience, and I'm, tr I'm trying to kind of build resilience because it is important. You do this with kids, don't you? Because we are kind of in the UK. There is a you know a silent epidemic of the mental health you know, problems. Absolutely. Mental health is one of the things that I, as a teacher, I've been finding since the start of my career, it's becoming more and more prominent and more and more essential that we're teaching it in schools and that we're being able to talk about it and give children supports because anxiety in classrooms is on the rise exponentially. And, and we don't really know what's causing it, whether it's like the internet or if it's access to just like constantly being on all the time. I read articles and, and stuff about that all the time. And, and my latest book was called I Am Empathetic. And it's about teaching kids how to be empathetic and how to empathize with others, but also at the same time, not give all of your energy away and be like, oh, I'm just going to help and save everybody. Like I can show empathy for others, but I also still have to take care of myself first. Right, yeah, because mm -hmm. I've, I've been researching quite a bit, um, you know, the impact of artificial intelligence and disruptive technologies on jobs, and they say, you know, in the future, there'll be a massive need, demand for people who are empath um, empathetic and, you know, mm -hmm. not like machines, and unfortunately, a lot of kids kind of grow up today not having this, you know, um, 
not being able to empathize with other people and they they kind of like robots some some kids right <laughs> yeah well recognizing and having empathy for someone is huge and it's something that we need to teach kids in schools and and that helps with your mental health when you can empathize with somebody else and you can see that how your your actions are affecting somebody else or how somebody else's actions are are affecting you then it really opens your eyes to like okay, why am I feeling this way? And I can sit in it and figure it out and figure out too what I can do to, to help myself as well or to help my friend. Yeah. So now you've published how many books? You've published seven books on Amazon. Seven books, yeah. yeah. Are there any more books in the pipeline? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm currently writing one, or I've written one. One day at school, um, these boys were just at each other and they'd been at each other for a couple of days and arguing. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you two <laughs> because like, you're just being mean to each other. And I don't know why you're both great kids. So I came home that night and I scribbled down a, a book in my journal and it's just like written as rough notes. Yeah. And um, it's called, what do you learn at school? And I went back to school the next day and I read it to the kids. I said, you know, I was really thinking about how you guys are treating each other. And I scribbled down this book in my journal. You can see this is my very first rough copy of the book. And I read the story to the kids. And basically the, the essence of it is how you treat people is how you're going to be remembered as the teacher they're not going to remember what I teach them. I teach about grade three. So we teach in Alberta, we teach about Peru and Tunisia and India, and we teach about rocks and minerals and all these things. I'm like, you're not going to remember any of those things. What you're going to remember is how I made you feel. And you're going to remember how the kids in our class made you feel. And so the, the like last line of the book is how do you want to be remembered? Because people are only going to remember how you made them feel. Because right. feelings are such an essential thing. And so at the end of when reading just the rough draft to my story, my kids were silent through the whole thing. There was no pictures, nothing. It's just my like, like you can barely even read my printing type of scribbles. Yeah. So you are reading think, books to kids. At yeah, I was wow. reading, reading the book to the kid as scribbles in my journal. And they applauded. They clapped at the end and I was like, do you guys think I should make this into an actual book like the other ones? And they were all like, yes, you have to. So that's my next book. And I'm also working on one called. Instant um, feedback, isn't it? It's instant feedback. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And the yeah. other one I'm doing is for teachers and it's called 108 or mindful minutes, 108 mindful activities for kids to do. So I'm, I'm co-authoring that with a lady as well. Um, she's a yoga teacher and jewelry designer. Um, and she does a whole bunch of mindfulness workshops um, in Calgary and her jewelry is um, worldwide. And so we wrote um, my a book called I Am Fearless, a yoga story for kids and superheroes together. And um, so that's that's our second book together. Right, right. That one. So as a writer, um, you know, what was the most difficult um, challenge you had to overcome in the last, what, two and a half years when you started publishing? Yeah, so yeah. the first, I think the biggest challenge was, at first was figuring out what to do. Like, I had this idea, and for four years, I just sat on the first book and kind yeah. of piddled with the pictures and was, like, figuring it out. And then 
once I published the first one, in two and a half years, I published seven other children's books. I'm lucky though because I'm and I'm artistic as well, so I can I can draw the pictures myself. But learning how to do everything to get it up on Amazon and finding the right people to teach me, and then also my biggest challenge right now is just getting my message out there and getting out there because I self-publish on Amazon and I'm learning how to use ads and learning how to engage in social media and different things that don't necessarily come as natural to somebody who's pretty introverted. <laughs> I'm pretty introverted. I'm like, I can talk in front of kids all day, but talking in front of adults, putting myself out there on social media, that's a, that's a bit of a challenge for me and something that I have to overcome for sure. It's not your, you know, your out of comfort zone, but um, you are learning new things all the time, aren't you? Yeah, and I think that's part of the mental health piece, right? Is that you have to challenge yourself and do something that you're scared of sometimes in order to reach your goals. And so I could have just originally pu- published the book on my MacBook and stuck it in my classroom, and it would never ever get to anybody. But because I went out of my comfort zone and I was like, okay, I'm going to publish this on Amazon and who knows what's going to happen. And like, I had somebody in, in the UK write a review on my book and I was like, oh my goodness, somebody in like Europe who I've never met in my entire life wrote a book, a review on my book. That is like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And then even like, I, I have some of my art on Etsy. And I have people, I've, I've sent art to, to the UK, which is just unbelievable to me that yeah. our world is so connected and this like little elementary school teacher who like hides in her house and does art yeah. is sending art yeah. to people in the UK because yeah. they like found it on Etsy and I don't even advertise on Etsy or anything. I just put like some things up there and it's, like slowly doing things every day to, to achieve your goals. Like I at first had this, had all these ideas in my head of all these things I wanted to do. And I asked my friend who is a successful um, business owner, like, how did you start? How did you know where to start? And she's like, I had all these ideas too. And I just started and you just have to do a little bit each day. And some of them will work. Some of them won't work. And it's okay. If some of them don't work, you'll find your way. And that was one of the hugest messages for me was like, I had all these ideas. I just needed to start. Right. But, you know, have you ever had any, you know, negative thoughts? Like, you know, maybe I should just quit because, you know, how do you manage such a busy life of being a mom and a writer, author, and at the same time, a full-time teacher? (laughs) (laughs) I am a very busy lady because I'm a single mom. I teach full time. I write books. I self-publish. I'm doing all the advertising by myself. And yeah, absolutely. There's some days that I'm like, maybe I should just quit doing the Amazon ads and just leave the books up there and and just not worry about it. And I had one, I wrote a book about, um, for kids about divorce because I'm divorced as well. And so, um, my book is called, Divorce is a D word. Sometimes two separate homes are better than one. And on Amazon, somebody gave it a one star, but there was no um, like writing to it or anything. And I was like, and it was right when the new thing came out on Amazon where you could just put stars. And I thought maybe somebody had read the book and not actually like 
And so because I don't have a, a lot of followers or anything yet, it keeps showing on Amazon that my book only has one star. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but it's so, it's such yeah. a good book for people whose kids are going through divorce to know that it's not their fault. Their parents love them no matter what. And everybody's just doing the best they can right now with what they have is really the message of the book. And so I don't know how that one star got on there because there's no writing as to why they thought it was a not good book. Like the only other one star I got was it said the book came damaged. And I was like, well, that's not the author's fault. That's Amazon because it just ships it automatically. It's all like print on demand. I have no control over um, the shipping or the quality of yeah, the book as it comes. You know, yeah. So, so when I get a one star for that, I'm like, okay, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I understand why you're giving it a one star because the book came damaged. Absolutely. But that's an, that's an Amazon issue, not an author issue. And, and so I can understand why you would post that not knowing that the author is not the one sending it. It's, it's Amazon, um, like the Amazon piece. But so those sort of things like, hurt my heart a little when I'm like, well, I don't understand why you gave me a one star. If you told me why you gave me a one star, yeah. then I could go back and fix it and make it better. Right. So right? It's constructive uh, feedback. It's just. Yeah, absolutely. Feedback. Constructive feedback is so important as to like, okay, if you didn't like it, well, what didn't you like and, and how can I fix it and how can I make it better so that it will really help people and kids, especially kids whose parents are getting divorced and they are so lost and scared and, and don't know what to do yeah. with another, their feelings. Yeah, on another podcast interview, we actually just discussing this um, you know, issue of cyberbullying and people just being negative out of yeah. school, you know. Have you ever had anything like this, you know, people just putting nasty comments or sending, sending you some you know, negativity you know, about what you do? Um, no, I, I haven't had any of that at all. Um, maybe as my books get out there more and get and get bigger and, and hopefully more as more people access them, I might get some. But I I really haven't had that other than one. Um, I think it was book club or something. Somebody I didn't even know, or it was Goodreads. There was a review on Goodreads, and I I didn't even know what Goodreads was, and I was like, oh, how did my book? get on Goodreads and somebody the first book it's okay to feel they wrote this book should be in a psychologist's office it's not for kids and I'm like no that's the whole point it should be in a psychologist's office that's exactly where this book should be you need to be able to talk to kids about their feelings you need to know they need to know what they said like the words like vulnerable and feeling in despair were too big for children and I was, and I was like okay like I understand how you're feeling yeah in that but like the whole purpose of this book would be that it would help kids who are in crisis. Yeah. So the comment is uh, like, this book is, it should only be in psychologist's office. I was like, well, yeah, you, you didn't like it, but you're right. It should be in psychologist's office. That's exactly the place that I'm hoping it gets to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you an anxious person? Um, yes, I, I, um, I do have anxiety for sure. It is something where I, it keeps me up at night. Um, and so I can definitely empathize with children where I see that they're having anxiety because, or having an anxiety attack because 
I'm one of those people that I've, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life and I didn't know what it was. Even when I was in school, um, I remember as a little kid having tummy aches all the time and I would have Tums in my backpack all the time. And if I didn't have the Tums in my backpack, my stomach ache would get worse. But if I had those Tums and that medicine in my backpack at all times, I didn't necessarily need to take it. But if I, it wasn't in my backpack, then I would be like curling up in pain in my, in my stomach, like at school. And I would tell my mom and they'd be like, you can't take medicine to school. And I'd be like, I just won't tell anybody. Just like, let me have those tongues. <laughs> and that is something that now looking back, I'm like, that was anxiety. Yeah. That was like, that is anxiety to a T is having tummy aches all the time and not knowing why. And they're not being a reason for it. And then, or your mind racing constantly. I'm one of those people whose mind races all the time. And I, I ran a yoga. Club. <laughs> <laughs> I ran a yoga and, um, and art retreat with a girlfriend who's a yoga teacher. It was the first yoga and art retreat. We called it the art of yoga. And my mind raced the entire time, even up till the point that, the day before the yoga retreat, we weren't even sure if we were going to run it because we were like, oh, we're going to run it at a loss. And then the universe just happened to be in our favor and, and we ended up getting more people and, and it was the perfect amount of people. But the whole time I was like, are they happy? Are we doing this right? Are they going to go back and think we're, we did an awful time. Our feedback was amazing. But the whole time my brain was like, we're not doing enough. The people aren't happy. <laughs> like, and really, in reality, they were. They they loved us and they yeah. loved what we did. And they thought we had a really great balance between art and yoga and mindfulness and the mental health piece. Um, whereas my mind the whole time was just racing. And I know my girlfriend who, who I ran it with, she's an anxious person too. And so she's the same way, like... <gasps> How, are, are we doing it right? <laughs> like, are we balancing the yoga properly for the people who are here? Um, are they enjoying the art that we're doing? So yeah, it's even you think you see these people who are who are like on Instagram or something, and you think like, wow, that person's got their stuff together, and they're yes. they've got all these amazing pictures, and they seem like they're so successful, and then in reality they're just as anxious as you are yes. because that is, that is my friend. She is beautiful. She has this huge um, Instagram following. She runs an amazing business, but then at the same time, she's just like me. She was like so nervous <laughs> and the same way that I was so nervous. She's like, some, she did a course at my house on, on um, malas and she was so nervous to come to my house and teach teachers how to make malas where I was so nervous when we first met each other for her to come to my house because she's this super cool lady who has like 20,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, you're just coming to this little um, elementary school teacher's house to run a workshop. And I was like so nervous for her to come to my house. And she was so nervous for um, to come and teach teachers because she's like, I'm just a lady who runs a, a business. And I'm teaching all these teachers. <laughs> and so I think we really have to empathize with people as we don't know what their background is. And we don't know that they're just as nervous as you are most of the time. Right. 
So, and how, how do you manage anxiety? By doing yoga or practicing mindfulness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, technique. <laughs> how do yeah. you manage I do, I do a lot of things to, to work on my anxiety. Um, one of them is yoga, absolutely. Another one is just going for runs or going to the gym, having baths and reading. Art is a huge outlet for me. Journaling is another outlet for me. Um, even just cuddling with my cat. My cat helps me with my anxiety for sure. Pets can be huge for helping with, with people with anxiety. Yeah. Well, what's what's your worst nightmare? I mean, what's your worst fear? What are you afraid of? Um, the thing I'm most afraid of is if something was to happen to my daughter. That would be, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, every parent's biggest fear. I think I could handle anything. I've been through a very rough divorce. I like a single mom. <laughs> I, could, I can handle anything. <laughs> But I couldn't handle if something happened to her. Right. Okay. Um, We'll have a short break um, to hear a message from our sponsor now, okay? Okay. Come back in a minute. Our podcast sponsor is Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who creates engaging Facebook chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. And they are currently wrapping this podcast on Alexa skill uh, to be released shortly. For more information, please check out the podcast notes for the link to their website. We are halfway uh, through the uh, questions. And um, yeah, I think um, uh, we can continue now. So you've published now um, seven books on Amazon. How do you deal with uncertainty? Because you just, you probably don't know whether your new book is going to be as successful as your previous one. How do you deal with this uncertainty? Um, I just think well because I'm a full-time teacher and my entrepreneurial stuff is like my side stuff I really my goal especially being an elementary school teacher is if I can help one kid then my job is done I I I provide my my lifestyle with my my career which is teaching and then the entrepreneurial piece is the extra and my like goal eventually is that I can just teach part-time and my books will take over the other half and, <laughs> and I can go to schools and I can help people and I can and spread the word more to more people. But right now, my goal is just if I can help one person, great. If I can help two people, even better. Yeah. And whether it helps, whether I become a famous author or not, my goal, especially as an elementary school teacher, is just to empower kids and to empower people as much as I can to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not my books become super successful, that's not really my main goal. My main goal is just to, to help people and to reach them in some way. I think what you're doing is just amazing because it's, like I said, kids today, they have so many problems, you know, mental problems yeah. as well. And, you know, it's what you're doing is absolutely great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I wish you carry on and just spreading the word <laughs> globally. Yeah, and, and some of my books, like two of my books are really specific to what I teach because I wrote two books. One of them is called A Yoga Journey Through Peru and the other one's called A Yoga Journey Through India. And they are really for a specific target, which is teaching social studies in Alberta. They don't sell a lot of copies, but I, I wrote them and I published them because they help me in my classroom teach about Peru and get the kids up and moving or teach about India and get the kids up and moving. And I use them as a starting point to start our research about those countries. And so those books probably will never be bestsellers ever. And that is okay. But because the they're whole purpose of, make, of writing those books was just to help me in my classroom. Yeah. That was the only purpose of it. And if it, if it does help other teachers, fantastic. Yes. But I, I think sometimes people have, have these goals that are like, well, I'm only successful if I'm a best-selling author. That's not true. Right. You really have to just think like one person at a time, one day at a time. What can I do in this moment to help me achieve my goals? And maybe in this moment, you're feeling exhausted and you just need to curl up with your cat and be like, I need to refresh and tomorrow I will achieve my goals. And that is okay. <laughs> one of the other things I learned how to do too, because I'm one of those people that is like, I have all these ideas in my head all the time. And I started making journals too. So the, my art is on the cover of the journals and they're on Amazon too. And then the books are just lined paper underneath because I learned about these people who are doing, it's called tangent templates and they mass publish um, a whole bunch of different journals for niche, um, niche topics. And people are doing amazing making low content books and selling on Amazon. So you never know what it's going to take off. And I made some of the art journals basically just for myself and for friends and to give as gifts to people. And they're on Amazon to sell too, just so that if somebody likes them, great. <laughs> if they don't sell a lot, whatever, I learned how to do it. And that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, a learning. Yeah. Yeah. it's learning. Yeah. Great. Uh, is, is there is you wish uh, is there is anything you wish uh, you'd known before you started writing uh, that would help you to be more out there be, be, be more successful maybe publish quicker is there anything you you wish you'd known before you started this journey um yeah i wish that i had more time or not more time because i do have time the I wish that I could hire somebody to do the ads <laughs> because I don't love doing that part. I love doing the creating piece. And I know that so many authors love doing the creating piece. Yes. The marketing part is really hard for me. And that's something that I really have to push myself to, to go and do. And I wish that, in school even that they taught people how to be more entrepreneurial. I feel like in, in school in, in Canada anyways, that there's not that entrepreneurial push and people don't necessarily know where to start or how to start a business or how to do their taxes or how, like you get out of high school and you have no clue how to do your taxes. 
Like these are things that I wish were taught. Like, hey, you can publish things on Amazon. Why don't you check this out? You can do these. Like I really, one of my goals eventually in, in my teaching profession is to potentially work. I teach elementary school right now, but is to potentially work in high schools and teach kids how to self-publish on Amazon. I actually might even start that as a business is to teach kids how to self-publish on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. yeah. there. It's just, you just need a little bit of push and explanation how to do it. But the tools yeah. are not there. It's, it's amazing what we can do today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, even now, because I have to teach online because of COVID-19, I'm learning so many things that will help me eventually, potentially, make online courses of, for kids and, and parents and other and adults even to self-publish because I'm learning how to make videos and how to upload them to YouTube and how to, I have already, I did my master's in education technology while I was getting divorced and had a toddler. So that's why I say I can handle anything <laughs> other, than, other than something happening to my daughter. When I think back to that time, I'm like, I was crazy. I lived in my aunt and uncle's basement on a farm with my toddler doing my master's course. <laughs> and now like six years later, I look back and think, how did I survive? How did I survive? I had zero dollars in my bank account. I was living in my aunt and uncle's basement One with my toddler and finishing my master's. Yeah. So people who are like, I don't know where to start or I have no money or whatever, you just have to start. <laughs> right. No, that's fascinating. So what's your uh, you know, unique skill set um, that helps you being a, a, you know, a better writer? Um. I think that I'm always learning, always learning. I'm always reading. I'm always, I'm not much of a TV watcher other than right now. I've been binging on Netflix a bit with COVID-19 and being stuck at home. But normally when it's not locked down, I don't, our, my TV doesn't get turned on. I'm, I'm on the computer. I'm learning things. I, this summer while I was on summer vacation, I bought a new iPad Pro and I went to the Apple store and I took advantage of every free class that they had to teach me how to use my new iPad Pro so that I could use it to help with my drawings. And because I wanted to start doing digital drawings for my books because they just look so much more amazing. Um, I actually, this book that I have here, I just redid all of the pictures for it because this one I'm famous. I just drew and colored with pencil crayon and took pictures of it and learned how to put it in Canva and put it up on the book. And it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Yeah. You can go back and change it later when you learn more. So after I published those, I was like, okay, now I'm going to invest in an iPad Pro and I'm going to learn how to make my, my illustrations better. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be perfect the first time. That, I that, think too. Because a, lot it's, of, a lot of women trying to be perfect, trying to do everything perfectly, and, yeah. and this is I, I guess a lot of anxieties come from yes. you're trying to be perfect, you know, do something perfect. I actually banned this word from 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 our vocabulary at home because I said to my husband, never ever say to my son, "It's perfect." Yeah, you can have a great, you can be good at 
at the task, but yeah. you shouldn't rate yourself uh, as being, you know, a success or a failure. You can fail at a task or a behavior, mm-hmm. but never you are rating yourself as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even young kids get like completely frozen when they are perfectionists and they think that it has to be perfect. Like in as young as grade three, kids won't write because they're scared that their spelling is going to be wrong. They won't um, draw because they're like, I can't draw as good as everybody else, or I can't draw as good as that person. And we always are comparing and really. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. And so one of my goals as a teacher is always to just be like, just try, try. It doesn't matter. Lots of times I'll be like, I'm not checking your spelling at all. Don't worry about your spelling. Just get your ideas down. That's all I care about right now. Or all I really want you to do is try this. That's all. Just try. Don't get frozen. Don't just stop and sit there frozen for an hour and not getting anything down. When really, it's just about we have to be willing to learn and we have to be willing to try. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. Right. So if you had a magic, you know, <laughs> a magic power, what would it be? I mean, if you, if you had one superpower, what would it be? yoga no just kidding (laughs) that's because my book's called I practice yoga what's your superpower that's what it says on the back oh no it says it in 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 my book I practice yoga what's your superpower (laughs) Um, yoga is not my superpower I am not that flexible (laughs) I look at the people in classes and I'm like oh man that is never going to happen. But um, I think my superpower is really creativity. And actually, when I when I started my master's, my master's was in education technology. And I thought that with the way the world was going, I needed to know how to use technology to be able to teach kids and to be like on the cutting edge of technology. And what changed as I did my research and I did um, the coursework in my master's was it, it wasn't about the technology because technology is constantly changing. And if I had mastered the technology that was we were using when I finished my master's five years ago, I would be completely out of date. <laughs> None of that technology probably even works <laughs> anymore. But what I, what I learned was that I have to be creative. I have to learn how to use my creativity to be um, a producer rather than a consumer because so many of us are consumers of technology of watching youtube of watching tv of playing games but really in order to empower yourself you have to use your creativity to be a producer and technology unlike any time in history has allowed us to be producers And very few people are actually choosing to be producers. We at our fingertips have access to more information than any other time in history. And we can learn and be creative. And one thing that really bothers me, and I had a parent one time come in and be like, well, my kid's not creative. And I said, that's not true at all. Your kid is very creative. He's like, well, he he can't draw anything. And I was like, creativity isn't drawing. No. Creativity can be coding. 
on a computer. Yeah. Creativity yeah. can be writing. Yeah, yeah. Creativity can be painting. Creativity can be, there's somebody who right. makes unbelievable art out of masking tape. Yeah. Masking tape. They have like a gigantic art gallery for yeah. this person. I learned about them last year. And they make amazing art out of masking tape. You have no idea what it is that you could be unbelievably creative with, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. So that parent coming in and being like, my kid isn't creative because they can't draw, that is such a misconception. People, I think, I think, and I truly believe in, especially with my research, I believe people are so creative. We just are scared to be creative. Right. Yeah. Or we've been trained to think we're not creative because we can't do one specific thing. Right. Whereas they definitely are creative. It just might not be in that one area that that society views as creative, like art or music or um, or being entrepreneurial. But I guarantee you that there is something that people can be creative in, even if it is joint making social gatherings or starting a dance studio or whatever it is, right? Yeah. We just need to embrace that creativity. No, I agree with you. I think you're making a great, great point about creativity and um, self-expression as well. But, um, you know, why do you think uh, women give up on their dreams? Uh, what advice would you give them? Um, I think it's never too late to start mm-hmm. and be gentle with yourself and don't compare yourself to other people and just do what feels right for you. So even if you set one goal each day to do something little, little, like I made one Instagram post right. or even if it's just for one week, it doesn't even have to be a day. I like, <laughs> I made a goal journal at the beginning of the year and I, I published it on Amazon. It was just called get inspired. And it just had like a weekly check-in thing of four things I want to accomplish. And then a reflect, I, I was able to reflect as well. And it's like um, a year's worth of reflection journals in the get inspired um, low content book that I created. And it was just for me to keep myself on with my goals, but also some of the times I didn't achieve any of them. <laughs> Be like, oh, those were my goals on Sunday and not one of them got done. And that's okay. Maybe I'll get on track next week. <laughs> Maybe my goal is just to make myself a healthy dinner tonight. <laughs> yes. well, and next week I will get three illustrations done for my next book and I'll worry about it then. Just to be gentle with yourself, but just if you take a few steps back, then remember just to start going forward again when you when you feel ready for it and when you have the capacity to to move yeah, with it I, I think it's 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 a great advice um uh, from from you to be gentle and we often uh, criticizing ourselves and we are being harsh and the world is is harsh right mm-hmm. and uh, we need to be gentle and give ourselves some breaks sometimes you know if, if you don't feel like doing anything maybe it's it's what you need <laughs> but Absolutely. Maybe, maybe you just need to sit down and just enjoy being you know binging on, on netflix for a while yeah and that's something especially with my anxiety that i really had to learn because i was the type of person that had to be busy 
all of the time. I I would get stressed when it was summer vacation, like so stressed. Most people are like, woohoo, summer vacation. <laughs> and I'd be like, why? what am I going to do to keep myself busy? What am I going to like? I can only read for so long. I have like two months worth of keeping myself busy. What am I going to do? So I would teach summer school. <laughs> I would like <laughs> start preparing my class for the next year. And I really had to learn to take a break and to just enjoy being in the moment and to read a book. Or my daughter has helped a lot with just living in the moment <laughs> and not having to have every second of my life planned and to just let it let it flow because when you are more balanced and you are more grounded and and not so anxious you are able to achieve more and one thing too i realized too i i'm really into spirituality and into yoga and into um healing yourself through meditation and everything else but i also believe there's a, a big place for western medicine as well and i learned myself that i can't get off of my anxiety medication i've tried and it and it doesn't work even with doing yoga daily with meditating daily with journaling with doing all of the the eastern medicine things that i know that i can do i still need a combination of both in order to to be balanced and to, and to manage my anxiety so that's something that I, I really struggled with too because I go to my massage therapist and Reiki healer and I was I was really thought that he was going to judge me because I went back on my anxiety medication and felt like I couldn't ever I feel like I can't ever go off and maybe I will maybe I won't but he didn't judge me at all he's like that is so good that is so good that you have recognized for yourself that even though you're doing all of these things you still need that other piece and that is okay. Yeah. It is okay to need a combination of both. It is okay. I think that that Western medicine sometimes uses, oh, just take these pills. That'll, <laughs> that'll make your brain not be anxious. <laughs> Trust me, just taking the pills doesn't work. I've been on them since I was 18, uh, on and off anxiety medication since I was 18 and, and, I've learned that it, it, I, I need them for right now and for me as well, that it has to be a combination of things. Uh, just taking a pill isn't going to help. You need to be able to do the work as well and yeah. speak to people that will help you or do things that you are going to learn um, to help yourself. And, and then also be gentle with yourself when you are being anxious. Just be like, okay, I'm anxious right now. And this will pass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's a great advice. Any final advice for starting writers or entrepreneurs from you? Um, yes. Start. <laughs> start and share. Share with people. Don't be, I think, too. People are like, when you do something that's so you're scared of, right? Like I was so scared to put a book out on Amazon. Like, what are people going to think? Who am I going to be good enough? Um, who's going to judge me? Don't worry. Just, just everybody will be there. There are strangers out there. Yeah. <laughs> people who will love your book and, or love your writing. And just, you'll be so amazed as, as who you can connect with by just starting. 
because I've made huge connections just by starting. And I would have never made any of these connections if I wouldn't have started and, and start more than one thing too. Like I have an Etsy account. I, <laughs> I do art workshops on the side. I teach and then I write and I illustrate and all of these pieces together are fantastic. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this one narrow focus and I'm only going to be happy if I'm successful in this one area. My girlfriend who has the, um, the jewelry business, she also is a writer. And then she, um, she authored a, a co-authored book of, it was called like um, the empowered mom boss, I think it was called. And it was a combination of a bunch of people. So even though she's a successful jewelry designer she also has her hands in all these other things too like she teaches yoga she runs yoga courses she makes designs jewelry she's changing her jewelry designs all the time she's running courses and so being able to constantly change as well is really important and to try something new even though you start in one direction it may take you in a completely different direction and that is okay yeah i guess a lot of people well, because of the coronavirus situation, we'll, we'll have to pivot and, 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 and find different angles for the business because you see so, so many posts on social media of people just not knowing what to do and they have to kind of imagine their, their businesses and what they do and, you know, just, just think, you know, be creative about what they can offer and, and uh, because, yeah, it's... It's a shock for many, many entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, you have to be constantly, you know, on the lookout for new things and, and, and pivoting if, if, if yeah. your existing business is not working, is not producing what you, you know, wanted to produce. Yeah, being flexible and being able to think outside the box is huge, for sure. And, and not being a, and, and being willing to try. Yeah. Because you have to be willing to try. There's this one thing we've been learning about and and discussing um in our in my professional life as a teacher is being able to fail forward so learning that it is okay to fail yeah. as long as you yeah. learn something for it and failure is actually a good thing because there's brain research on how when you fail at something you actually create more neuron um connections in your brain than if you were able to do it for right the first time it was actually i think Oh, it was a book that I just read and I can't remember what it was called, but it was how they did research on um, children learning how to play the piano. And when they are practicing over and over and over again and mess up and then start over again and mess up and start over again and mess up, they are creating these brain connections that they never would create if they didn't keep failing. And so failing is actually a good thing and we always view it as a bad thing. Yeah. And because it allows us to create those brain pathways that we are not creating if we get it right the first time. Right. So there's research supporting that, yeah. which yeah. I think sometimes people just think if I fail that, then it's over. Then it's bad. Failure isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Cause all the successful entrepreneurs, if you actually look at, you know, the history, what they did, they, they failed at so many businesses before they actually became very successful and they were okay with, with okay with that failure so you well, have to sometimes try you know several times before you actually hit that you know hit the right you know spot and 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 and, and you know find the right angle for your business yeah i mean not 
Yeah, I mean, if we think about Dropbox and, and Facebook, yeah, they, these are outliners. This, these are the cases that are not really fit into the, you know, category <laughs> of every, you know, business, uh, everyday businesses. That they're, they're just unusual cases. But for a lot of people, they're just trying different things and, and, and failing and not giving up. That's what matters. Uh, I think too, sometimes people view like things that are failures in their lives as a bad thing, as opposed to a learning experience. So like my marriage failed. It was not a healthy marriage for me, my daughter, my ex-husband at all. And for a long time, I really was like, how did I fail? I'm smart. I have a good job. I thought that I did everything right. (laughs) And I, I ended up in this really unhealthy relationship in this really unhealthy marriage And I viewed myself as a failure and I was really embarrassed to go to work as an elementary school teacher and be like, oh, I'm divorced and I'm a single mom and I'm now I'm teaching your kids. And I was worried that the parents would judge me, but they didn't. They actually are feel like they can open up and talk to me because half of my class sometimes is from separated families. So they feel that connection. They know that I know what they're going through. And when you can be, um, insecure, not insecure, um, vulnerable with people. And I know Brene Brown talks a whole bunch about vulnerability. When you can be vulnerable with people, that allows you to make connections and that allows you to truly be empathetic with them and to, to grow. And so I don't view my, my marriage as a failure anymore. I view it as I learned a lot. I would not be the same person that I am today if I would have stayed in that marriage. I would not be as successful as I am. There's no way I would have been able to write these books because I write and illustrate all of it when my daughter is at my ex-husband's house. So when my daughter is at my ex-husband's house, I get all of my work done. I would have never been able to do that. would have never been able to do the courses that I did if I was still in my unhealthy marriage. Whereas some sometimes a door closing is absolutely opening to a world of like hope and and gratitude and just the space of of creativity that you never knew was possible. Yeah, well, that that's a great message from you, Amanda. Thank you so much. <laughs> Very amazing story, and um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful that we connected. Good luck with everything. The full transcript of this interview is available via the link to my blog on the podcast notes. Also a link to Amanda Stone Amazon, her website called Art, Mindfulness and Creativity and her social media sites. So please like, share and send me any comments or feedback on this podcast. Till next time.